If you are in the 81% of aspiring authors out there, stop aspiring and start writing with Readsy. Readsy allows indie authors to find and work with the best publishing professionals, from developmental editors to book cover designers to publicists. Just sign up for an author profile, browse the extensive marketplace of professionals, find the best fit for your project, and set a collaboration in motion. And with built-in contracts, protection, and mediation from Readsy, finding qualified freelancers, editors, designers, and marketers as a self-published author just got a lot easier. Go to readsy.com today to sign up and set your first collaboration in motion. That's R-E-E-D-S-Y dot com. Honestly, it all stems from just creative fear. I still don't really understand how I do it. I fear not being perfect. That sort of story is inspirational to a lot of wannabe writers out there who feel they have a book in them but are living a totally different life at the moment. I'm watching these students who are given their absolute all, pursuing this creative profession, and they're not held back by fear. Taking a book the whole nine yards, from an idea in your head to words on a page, from a scribble on a napkin to a listing on Amazon, that's easier said than done. But it's also easier than you'd think. I'm your host, Casimir M. Stone, and this is Readsy's Best Seller, the podcast demystifying the process of self-publishing a book for aspiring novelists everywhere, one episode at a time. This is Season 2, Chapter 3, Having a Community. Language, despite how it most often looks on paper, is not black and white. It's one of the only tools we have to relay our reality to others, and reality isn't black and white either, so it makes sense that we're left with a very fluid means of communication. That's why metonyms and polysemes and hyponyms and hypernyms and so on and so forth are so interesting. Of course words are contradictory sometimes and blunt others. Of course they can be negative in one context and positive in the next. That's just life. Take, for example, the word common. The adjective's meaning is fairly neutral. It is more or less just a synonym of prevalent. Something that's common is something found more than once or done by more than one. There's nothing inherently negative or positive about it. However, when the word first entered the common lexicon, it was in 9th century France, and although the word's literal meaning was, in effect, the same as it is today, its connotations were actually quite different. But then think about the country's political landscape at the time. The Carolingian dynasty had just died out, and the new king was elected, not divinely ordained. It makes sense, then, that the word coma, something common, something public, something that could be done by more than one, rang more positively. It sounded like freedom. But by the 13th century, the connotations had shifted. It was around then that the word community emerged, used by rulers and clergymen as a way of referring to the common people. And given the stark class divisions of the time, it wasn't exactly a compliment. To them, something common was inherently not exceptional, not distinguished. Criminals and rowdy crowds were referred to disparagingly as the common rabble. And although the word itself, and even its meaning, didn't change, the gray areas started to show through. Flash forward to today, where community once again means something entirely different. At least, it does when we're talking about self-publishing. 
Every self-published author knows how important it is to have a community of readers who are interested in your writing and return to it book after book, but only of late has there even been such thing as an indie reader community. Turns out, the meaning of self-publishing has changed quite a bit, too. I would love to get your perspective on just kind of the history of self-publishing. Like when you think the self-publishing as we talk about it today started and kind of how it evolved. Well, I think that self-publishing has existed for years um, before Amazon came up with their KDP platform. And we've had things like vanity publishing, which is slightly different uh, and and uh, not necessarily the way that I would suggest going. But self-publishing has existed for a long time. I think the boom came at the same time as the e-readers came out. Once you had the technology for readers to get their get access quickly to books and the form became digital that's when you started to get a boom in self-publishing so you had smashwords and lulu and um amazon came in barnes and noble started their nook platform and apple started ibooks and you've got kobo up in canada when you have so many competitors, then they're all competing to try and get the most business. That's when Amazon came up with Kindle Unlimited. And what Amazon did in order to kind of dominate uh, the the e-reader market and, and, and the publishing market was that they offered exclusivity to any authors who would put their books in what we call KU or Kindle Unlimited. And you would get extra financial benefits from that. And I, to this day, my books are in KU uh, because I take advantage of that of that financial benefit. Um, at the same time, I'm sad that there aren't more platforms out there. Uh, but Amazon was smart. They used their large customer base as a as an attractive way to pull in authors and get more and more books into their system. Kindle Unlimited is basically the Spotify of books. Readers pay a subscription fee for unlimited access to millions of books, and writers get paid higher royalties for using it. In other words, modern self-publishing is a far cry from the vanity press. Self-publishing used to mean handing out handwritten pamphlets on the medieval streets, but today it means something a little different. There are people who have better uh, stats on this, but it's something like, you know, in the in the tens of thousands of books that get self-published every day, and that number has continuously increased every day. But when self-publishing was first discovered by Jen Falls, author of the Southern Charms Cozy Mystery series, try saying that one ten times fast. There wasn't much of an indie reader community to speak of. What she found instead was one of the very first indie writer communities. I started um, researching what indie publishing was back in 2011, 2012, because I was one of the first e-reader adopters. And so I was, and I got a Kindle. And I was voraciously reading through and I would come up with these authors who would who would say in their bio, I'm an indie author. And I would I was trying to figure out what that was. Um, the biggest resource at the time was the Writers Cafe in a, a forum called Kboards.com. 
And they that was where all of the big indie writers of the time were posting up, here's how I did it. Here's my numbers. Here's some advice. And people could post up all kinds of questions and we're getting really, really good answers to it from people that were making a little money to people who were making a lot of money doing the job. Uh, in the beginning, you didn't necessarily have to do more than announce that you had a new book out. And people would go check it out because there weren't that many uh, indie books available. And uh, readers loved knowing that they were supporting indie authors. Um, when I was a virtual assistant to Deborah Geary, that was the main thing that I helped out with was answering reader emails. And I learned very quickly that they loved that she interacted with them directly, which is kind of something that a lot of traditional published uh, authors had not been doing a whole lot of. And all of a sudden you have these these authors that the readers loved speaking directly to them, sharing recipes or sharing some sort of personal detail that affected a book. They love that. And so being visible didn't require as much. The longer it's gone on, the more it requires. The reason I wanted to interview Jen for this season was because of her place in that community. Contrary to conventional wisdom, she barely even considered trade publishing. Just like those tens of thousands of people who self-publish every day, indie writing had Jen hooked from the start. Clearly, self-publishing is very quickly overtaking trade publishing as the preferred way of releasing books. What, why do you think it caught on and what was it about it that, that drew you to it? I think what drew me is also what why it caught on is the amount of control a writer could have over their career. So in traditional publishing, a writer loses their control the second they they email a literary agent trying to get a literary agent. Now it's completely out of their control and it's completely subjective. And you have to wait a long time to get responses versus in indie publishing, we get to write you can you can do things like what we call uh, advanced reader copies or arcs, or you can have beta readers, which are readers who will read your work prior to publishing and give you feedback. But you can get that book out to the readers directly without any gatekeeping at all. But unlike most of those people, it was many years from then before she took advantage of their common interest and self-published her own book. Because communities can be so exciting when you first discover them, but they have their drawbacks, too. It's never black and white. You could feel like a very teeny little minnow in a very, very big pond um, in, that, in that big community. And in some cases, those drawbacks only get bigger with time. I think the biggest thing was visibility changed greatly year by year. So the number of self-published books that are coming out has not decreased, despite the fact that I think the visibility has become an issue. And it's actually something that we talk about in our, our in our indie community. Uh, we were talking more about putting out that next book and what do readers want. And now we're talking more about how do we get those readers to find us. And that has required more and more work as each year has passed. At its core, the indie community is the same thing it's always been. A group of people who love writing, putting that writing out into the world. There just happens to be a whole lot of people out there who love writing. So, yeah, as time went on, self-publishing changed. And the connotations changed with it. But the definition did not. 
and despite the shades of gray, one thing is black and white. A big community is always better than none at all. So writing can be a really like solitary process. What's the benefit of having a community when you're trying to write? There are several different benefits. Um, one of them is that being isolated and working by yourself can be bad for your mental and emotional health. <laughs> um, you know, you have to think of it as uh, going to a job. And even if you're meeting your colleagues online, it's still beneficial to talk to others who speak the same language. Self-publish makes it sound like it's alone. Indie makes it sound like you're doing it as an individual, but we're not alone. And we, and we shouldn't be trying things without talking to others. What do you think your writing would have looked like if you never found a community like that? I think for my romance stuff, I, and this will kind of tie everything together, I I did not have a community. So when I was launching, more specifically in Paranormal Romance, because that was the step right before I went to Cozy's, I knew some of the writers, but we weren't really communicating a whole lot. And so when I launched, I launched into the void. Yes, I was putting out there what readers were expecting, but I didn't know how to get my book visible. In 2017, over 1 million books were self-published. That number is not getting any lower. Whether it's because of the control or the community, self-publishing has caught on in a big way and become unequivocally common. The more people were publishing, the harder it became to be seen. Yes, that means it might be a little harder these days to be exceptional or to distinguish yourself, but... That's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means we all have to change with the times. I think an author has to be both a writer and a publisher. And you can no longer just focus on the writing. You really do have to have an idea of both sides. Indie authors have to be more savvy about it now. They have to be way more knowledgeable than I think they used to have to be. It can feel overwhelming, but really and honestly, it's become a real job. And if you're having trouble setting yourself apart from the crowd, it always helps to have a crowd in your corner. So in the early days of K-Boards, there was an idea to create a writer, you know, a small group. And we met every week on Friday nights on a Google Hangouts. And at first it was all business. We talk all about business, but eventually it became very personal, very um social. So when my book came out, they all announced it to their newsletters, to their Facebook groups, whatever. So I did not launch into a void. I had a lot of cross promotion that I really do feel found me readers much quicker than me just publishing into the void. And I truly believe that I got big numbers in my first week simply because I had a lot of writers in my genre and my market that all shared my, that my book was out. In other words, it can be very difficult to find a community of readers without a community of writers. Of course, having a community is easier said than done. But uh, to borrow a phrase from, well, myself, it's also easier than you'd think. Where can writers who are writing today find a community like this? Like, I, as you mentioned, you can feel like a very small minnow in a very big pond, especially if you're just starting off now. So where would you suggest the best place for a new writer to look? 
you can search for for um, forums, um, private forums online, and more specifically, there are some uh, genre specific, like ro- um, excuse me, romance does have a genre, a couple of genre specific uh, forums. Um, you can do that, but I think the first place to go may, might actually be Facebook groups, because you can find writer groups just by a basic search. You can also um, there is a group called 20 books to 50k that uh, was started by Michael Anderley and Craig Martell and it is um, somewhat aimed at those who are still trying to figure out uh, indie publishing and so you can go in there and if you have a basic question somebody in there has asked that at some point in time and you're going to find the answers there and so I think my first thing to, to say to those to those writers is you are so not alone. The indie writing community has changed a lot since Gen Falls first found it and a lot more since self-publishing itself was first a thing. It's taken on negative connotations and positive ones. It has its upsides and its drawbacks. It's never been black and white. But the definition, a place where those of us who love language can come together and help each other write it, that will never change. Whether you're at a conference with other writers or logged on to the Readsy Facebook group parsing through marketing tips or simply alone in your room listening to this podcast. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that self-publishing's ability to change isn't just a connotation of the word. It is the definition. In indie publishing, we can pivot and adjust to what readers want very quickly. And like I said before, if a reader loves your work, well, they might like the next work, and we can get that work out to them much, much faster than traditional publishing will. Independent publishing and being an indie writer means that I have more control of my uh, my career, what I write, how I write how I meet reader expectation, how often I meet reader expectation, and I can pivot immediately. So if all of a sudden my readers start wanting something else in my, in my writing, I can, I can make that change. Within a day, I can make that change. Brought to you by Readsy, this is Best Seller. Over the course of this season, we'll follow an indie author's journey from start to finish in five chapters, exploring each step it takes to turn a collection of ideas in your head into a published book. Next up is Season 2, Chapter 4, Making a Change. This episode was written, hosted, and produced by me, Casimir M. Stone. If you liked it, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Our guest for this season is Jen Falls a.k.a. Bella Falls, author of the Southern Charms Cozy Mysteries series. You can purchase her books on Amazon or on her website at bellafallsbooks.com. And you can follow her on Instagram or Twitter at bellafallsbooks. That's B-E-L-L-A-F-A-L-L-S-B-O-O-K-S. This podcast, like so many self-published books out there, is made possible by Readsy, a marketplace that connects indie authors with the tools that traditional publishing houses would usually provide, such as editors, book cover designers, and publicists. You can learn more about Readsy on Instagram at readsy underscore HQ, 
on Twitter at ReedsyHQ, or online at reedsy.com.